8.32, 6pr. This is Sports World. Yeah, coming up 25 past the hour, Brad and Haggis with you through until 1 o'clock. Haggis? Just on that, back onto the West Coast, Bradley, one mm-hmm. thing that is happening, and you threw it out a couple of weeks ago when we sort of talked, we were asked, I think, by a caller how we thought uh, West Coast and Fremantle might go uh, by comparison to each other. Mm. You talked about West Coast's forward uh, power. Yep. They tell me that Liam Ryan is mm-hmm. absolutely dominating training. Right. And especially in match assimilation where... Uh, pressing up the ground and streaming back on his own, him and Willie Rowley. But they, w- Liam Ryan also taking in match sim these uh, the big pack marks that we've seen the, yes, the highlights on in the waffle. Yep. So just tr- absolutely training the house down. He's far fitter. I have seen him a couple of times. He's, he's, he's still struggling with his fitness. He's not a fit man. He hasn't been at the waffle level, but he's, he's improving on a weekly basis and, and mid-pack whenever they do some of those distance runs for, for uh, performance indication assessment, Bradley. So just worth uh, – and, and given that we've now got some concerns with Kennedy, it just looks to me as though some of their match simulation is about – trying to have a new look forward line. Uh, mm-hmm. um, Jake Waterman playing very close to goal, the, the full forward role without uh, uh, Josh Kennedy in, in attendance. Yep. Uh, and Rioli, Ryan, very similar, more so to how Hawthorne did it, I reckon, with the likes of Puopolo and uh, Gunston, Bruce and Rioli. So maybe I'm getting a bit carried away early, but it just looks to me as though that uh, Adam different. Simpson is working on something different and maybe, conspiracy theory, may be aware that, wow, we're a bit concerned about Josh Kennedy. Let's get a bit of a new look on straight, another uh, way, appearance about case. us and how we're training, yeah. Well, well this man's going to be in charge. He's our latest acquisition to the West Australian Football Commission in, the, uh, in control of all the pathways up into the AFL level. His name is Michael Ablett and he's been good enough to join us on this given Saturday. G'day, Michael. G'day, Kim and Brad. How are you, boys? Going extremely well. You're excited about your new gig? Absolutely. Uh, it's a, a fantastic opportunity to continue to build on what the boys have already put in place in, in terms of, um, obviously, Peter Sumich and Tony McHale over the last 12 months with what they've been able to achieve through the under-16 and under-18 state academies um, in, in the fantastic results. So just an opportunity to continue some of their great work. Michael, how do you think you'll, you'll gauge the success of this whole new approach uh, for WA footy to, the, to our development pathways and talent programs? How, how will you gauge that? And in what sort of period of time will we want to see some results? Yeah, well, I, I certainly don't think um, it's a matter of flicking a switch and, and it happening overnight. But um, in terms of gauging success, I think there's a number of things that will come into that. I think mm-hmm. it's... Um, the ability to, to put some minimum standards in place and to engage the waffle clubs and, and the talent managers, they're going to be central to this, um, which I'm really looking forward to working with them. And then obviously um, some talent outcomes. So not just when I talk talent outcomes, um, the reality is it's not all about um, generating talent for the AFL. We understand that not everybody's going to be drafted and make their way onto an AFL list. It's about generating 200-game players and, and future captains for the Claremont Footy Club or East Fremantle or West Perth. So I think uh, the talent's always been in Western Australia. Uh, it's just a matter of ensuring that, you know, we are still the most attractive sport in that part of the country, obviously with basketball and soccer now having 
a significant impact on drawing on talent, it's important that the footy still remains the number one attraction for kids coming through. Michael, you've only been in the position five minutes, and I don't think you've been able to have too much of a longingly look at what's going on in WA. Is there any stark differences between what happens on the East Coast and WA that says, right, we need to change this up? Uh, look, I, I've said to a number of people, I certainly don't think it's about reinventing the wheel. Um, WA's produced some fantastic players over a long period of time. So for mine, it's just more about, like I said, setting some minimum standards and creating elite environments across all the Waffle Clubs where, um, you know, there's a, a genuine focus on developing talent and um, and I'm a great believer in in that if you generate individual talent and you can improve individual talent, then results um, will take care of themselves. And we certainly don't want to take away the tradition and the long-standing history of, of Waffle Clubs winning games of footy. I'm certainly respectful that uh, clubs have, have got long proud histories of um, of winning games of footy and winning premierships and I think that's a byproduct of, of developing individual talent. Michael, what's your philosophy on uh, emerging AFL potential draftees playing senior WFL footy as opposed to Colts? I, I think if a player is ready to go and there's a number of things that, that come into that equation in terms of physical maturity... Um, and even even a player's well-being are they uh, are they ready from a, um, a a mental perspective to head into senior footy? Then I certainly don't have an issue with that. I I think there's a balance to be struck, and whether that means players play Colts footy leading into the under eighteen championships, and and you know if they're ready and they're uh, they're eligible for selection at senior level, I think. There's a great opportunity for, for some guys to get exposed to senior footy prior to the champs. And then I've always been a great believer and, and again, understanding and respecting the um, the position of the Waffle Clubs in developing talent for them going forward. Mm. I think post-under-18 championships, um, I've certainly got no issue with, um, with kids pushing up through reserves football and senior football. Uh, in the hope that they go on to have fantastic careers at state league level if they miss out at the top. And what would be a greater priority uh, as you get settled in the seat? As Brad said, it might it might take a, f- a while. But what would be your priority? To win a national championship for the West Australian under-18s or to have a stack of draftees out of that group, even if they don't win it? Uh, well, I genuinely, and I don't just say this, boys, you'll mm-hmm. find I'm always, um, I'm always certainly honest in, in where I'm coming from. Um, I genuinely believe, and it doesn't matter which part of the country you're in, that if you develop that talent, and we saw it this year with what Peter Sumich and Glenn Jakovic and, and Adam Jones and the like were able to do with the under-18s, is they kept things simple and developed individual talent, which ultimately led to the success. I mean, they won just as many games as what Vic Metro did and unfortunately mm. um, only lost the championship by by head-to-head um, is the way the tiebreaker went in that, that Metro got them over at um, Subiaco there. So, look, our team success is really important, boys. Make no mistake about that. We all play football to win, um, and I think that's that's human nature. I just think if we can develop the individual, both, both on field and off, um, I think you'll find that team results will take care of themselves. Michael, we've had a few callers this morning, and they're very... Terribly um, mindful of their waffle footy. 
is reserves footy in danger of becoming extinct? And if so, what's the what are we going to do to fill the void? Look, to be honest, boys, I'm not I'm not sure. I obviously haven't been um, over in the west um, for a substantial amount of time, so I'm looking forward to to getting over, and I'll rely heavily uh, heavily on guys like Gavin Taylor and and Grant Dorrington and Trevor Woodhouse and Tim Jett, these sorts of people that have, have been around footy for a long time um, to sort of get me up to speed. But I think part of the issue, and this is a, a national issue, boys, is that we've um, we've probably taken for granted a little bit that footy is everyone's number one priority and uh, players are going to continue to play the game because it's the number one sport in Australia. But... Um, that's certainly changed over the last few years and, and resulted in uh, decline in numbers at underage level. And therefore, that, that affects things going forward right through to reserves in senior football. So we, we need to put footy back on the map as, a, um, as an exciting pathway and an elite pathway and something that is not just attractive to players, but something that um, parents love their, their boys and girls being involved in. Michael, can you give an undertaking that you'll help protect the Colts competition as we currently have it, even though it's now overseen by yourself and talent managers at the Waffle Clubs? There is some scepticism around that ultimately we might have the Colts competition diminish and eventually a a TAC Cup, a Melbourne-type competition where there are specialist under-18s teams that are there to produce draftees. Can you give us some undertaking to help protect the Colts? Yeah, no doubt. Um... Look, the, the the new structure that's um, been set up under Gavin Taylor is one that's, I think, really appealing for young players. But yeah. I, I still genuinely believe, boys, that you can get a balance between, between the tradition of and the history of, of the Waffle Clubs and what's important. I mean, it's one of the things that I've actually loved when I've come over to Western Australia is seeing how passionate people are about their footy clubs. We We don't tend to get that so much at state league level on the east coast um, where we've seen a lot of alignments and and some of that passion in footy clubs drop away so um, look I understand that I respect it I understand people are probably a little bit fearful that we are going to take away and it's going to be a separate competition to the reserves and seniors that's that's certainly not the case at all I'd I'd love to think that um, people and supporters can see these kids come through and really develop and, and like I said, if they um, unfortunately don't fulfil their dreams of playing at AFL level, that they can go on to provide a, um, a lot of joy for, for long-term supporters of Waffle Clubs. Michael, before we let you go, um, obviously our supporters were very excited about having picks two and five at Fremantle, 13 at West Coast. What have they got in their locker bag getting in those three choices? Yeah, well, Andy Brayshaw... He's outstanding. I mean, I've, I've had a long association with the Brayshaw family and when you t- talk footy character and, and the character of a person, they don't get any better than the Brayshaws with Angus, Hamish and um, and obviously Andy. So they've got a ripper there and, and someone that could potentially captain their footy club. Adam Chair is a, a very, very resilient young man and someone that's got a lot of versatility and can play in a, um, in a number of different roles. So pick two and five, Fremantle have, um, have done very, very well in that space. And Jared Brander at, at the West Coast Eagles, um, geez, he's, he's exciting, boys. He can be... I've been lucky to work with Jared for a couple of years through the NAB AFL Academy, and um, I've seen Jared 
dominate games of football at either end of the ground and look like a number one prospect every day of the week. And and then uh, we've laughed about this, but he's also frustrated the, the life <laughs> out of me at times as well in watching him um, not not go so well. But um, look, they're, they're, it's elite talent and all three of those guys have got some great versatility. And the most important thing I, I think, boys, which I'm really big on is um, is the character of a person. I think um, character is number one for mine. You'll hear a lot of people say character is king. Well, you've got three outstanding young men over in the West uh, looking to build their careers. Good on you, Michael. Thanks can, for can, your time. Can I, can I just ask one quick one, Bradley? Yep. Uh, and Michael, final one from me. Uh, and it's a bit, bit misleading, and I think I probably know the outcome on this one. But with Fremantle and West Coast in your front yard here, with your role, can you have a close association with them in terms of talent identification, or is that sort of outside your bounds? No, you have to. Yeah. I think you're mad not to, to be honest. I mean, guys, I've been lucky enough to um, to call Brad Lloyd a, a close friend of mine. He captained me in a state game against the Waffle back in uh, 2004, okay. uh, a long time ago, and I think Neil Ross and the like, you, you have to lean on those people for advice and, um, you know, they're guys that have had a, um, an absolute amount of experience over in that part of the country. So the, the AFL clubs are integral and especially when you get talking from an attraction point of view for kids, I think we can we can build on the brands of West Coast and Frio uh, to assist with um, with ensuring that the best, the best players and the best athletes come across the football. Michael? Welcome to the fold. Have a great Christmas New Year. Well, no doubt we'll be talking to you in 2018. Thanks, boys. I appreciate it. Have a great Christmas. Michael Ablett, 9221 882.